Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so in our solutions obsession, uh, one of the things we know is that there are people out there that really do work very hard at solutions and One of the missions of our show is to bring you some of them. Christine Lai is with us right now. She is the co-founder and executive director of something called the Special Education Legal Fund, which clearly is a 501c3 that was founded to be a solution for parents who needed help. And this particular fund was founded in 2018 by parents for parents who have children with special needs who are in the special education system, who require a lawyer to help them advocate to get that special ed because it's a tremendous bureaucracy that so many parents are facing. Christine Lai is with us in the studio. Hi, Christine. Thanks for coming in. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me. So I had read about Self for a while, and I congratulate you. Oh, thank you. And I want to hear from you, what is the mission of this organization? Well... Thank you for asking me that, Lisa. I mean, I am not an attorney or an advocate or... Well, you're clearly an advocate. Or a professional advocate or a teacher or an educator or anything like that. Um, you know, what I am is a mother of a now 18-year-old son who has autism. Okay. And when my husband and I went through this process, you know, 12, 13 years ago, we found it to be an incredibly difficult, confusing, and challenging process, even for families who have knowledge and resources and what town are you in Greenwich Mm -hmm. so at that time you know we struggled through this process kind of on our own learning as we went you know all of these things you know special education particularly tends to happen when you're also having difficulty with your child just in general yeah behavioral issues a million other things absolutely and you're groping you're groping because you know people are not reduced to their diagnoses Right. Every individual, particularly, I would argue, people with the diagnosis of autism are complex and individual. That's absolutely correct. And, you know, as we struggled with this process, you know, and, you know, ultimately emerged, you know, from this with the support that he needed at the time, it occurred to me that 
you know, how many other parents were in this situation that didn't have the knowledge or the resources or the ability to push or the inclination to push when you need to push to advocate for your child. And so that was really the genesis of Special Education Legal Fund. In the beginning, we were an organization that was founded to provide grants for legal support to families in need with children in the, edu- in the special education system in Connecticut. So you're gathering money from wealthier parents to assist poorer parents? That's absolutely right. That's a very beautiful thing to do. Oh, thanks. And how much money does it have? So over the last four years, we've given grants of over $550,000 to families in about 60 school districts in Connecticut and Westchester County. You've given over a half a million dollars away? It has been um, really just a tremendous um, blessing to be able to do that, that we've had that support. How And so obviously this was started with your own money. Not really. And it really was, I mean, listen, I, um, my, you know, as I said, I'm not a lawyer. Christine, come closer to the mic. Oh, sorry. There you go. Um, I was trying to see your face. I'm I know. Sorry. It's hard, right? Yeah, it Stupid is. Stupid mic flag. The, yeah. um, in the beginning, you know, I'm not a lawyer, um, but I have worked with a variety of nonprofit organizations, and my background is as is in, um, you know, is, is trading stocks for hedge fund. Oh, so, so you know about money. I know a little bit about money. Yeah. So at the beginning, you know, what we were really, I, I looked at it in the way that I would have looked at it is I, if I was starting a hedge fund. You know, let's get money from friends and family. Let's put this money to work. Let's have results. Let When we have results, we go broader, we go deeper, we raise more money, we have more results. And that's really the way that I was looking at it at the time. It's, just, it's still the way I look at it is that, you know, we provide support to families. and But ultimately, at the end of the day, we're trying to achieve results from the, for those families. So how much of your own money did you put in to start with? Not that much. Actually, what's not that much? Fifty thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand. What's not that much? I mean, you know, maybe five, maybe five. Yeah. And all the rest was other families. Absolutely. How did you have a network of so many generous people who were willing to fund this money for families they didn't know? Well, really, the the special needs community in New York and Connecticut is a is a tight knit one. And, you know, having had the benefit of, you know, sitting on the board of an of a national, you know, autism nonprofit before this. Is that what you do? Is that what that's you what I did then. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do this that now. This okay. is kind of my only the only game that I have right now. Um, and, you know, and really getting to know the community in Greenwich as well as, you know, the surrounding areas was important in, you know, in starting that in in getting out there. But it was Greenwich really, is a pretty philanthropic community, it I is. have to say. It is absolutely. Very. Yeah. They really are. I, this is remarkable. So how many so this is a so are the people who donate to self are they quote members or like any other not-for-profit they're just donors and then you have a board of directors i mean how does this work that's absolutely right we have an amazing board of directors um, most of whom have been with us since the beginning we have obviously donors who are you know driven to support this cause because of experiences in their own personal life with their own children perhaps they had the resources to place their child directly to a school like eagle hill or whatever and then we also have support of a number of independent special education in the schools in the community, such as Winston Preparatory School. Oh, they're a sponsor for 15 years. Oh, wonderful. I, we love them. They, they're Beth um, a Sugarman great... Beth Sugarman is Beyond. the best. Is the best. Beyond. Um, I was just emailing her last night because my son, the one who has autism, just received an acceptance to his um, his top choice college. So we were all Does he go excited. to Winston Prep? He doesn't now. Um, he but he did there. at he one did. time? He did at one point. Well, we have interns on the Lisa Wexler show for 15 years from Winston Prep. Oh, that's amazing. I so didn't know we that. Still have have one every Wednesday 
tremendous on the on the Wednesday half yes, day. Absolutely. That's correct. They come here. Yep. That's tremendous. Yeah. So Winston, um, Chapel Haven, uh, up in New Haven, American School for the Deaf, Villa Maria in Stamford, all of these are great sponsors and supporters of ours that have helped us That's through the brilliant. years. brilliant. All right, Christine uh, Lai, we're going to be right back. We're going to take your questions. This is a really important guest who's on the show with us right now because she figures out and has access to money that helps poorer families with special needs. And there is an end game in mind. I have a few questions about this. Is this only for kids in Connecticut? It is for students in Connecticut and Westchester County as well. Okay, Connecticut and Westchester County. Is, is, this, is the money specifically targeted for lawyers that then argue with public school systems that the public school system cannot provide an adequate education for their child. There are two programs that we have. The first program, the Legal Assistance Program, does exactly what you just said. The second program is an advocacy support program which in which families can access special education advocates in order to learn the system, get to know the procedures, and really just learn the process of advocating for their students with an eye to being able to do it by themselves in the future. So for so for example, for one child, a parent might say this child is properly, with the proper supports, does belong in the public school system. Mm-hmm. But for another child, a parent may say, I've had it, I've been there, I've done that, we've tried everything, and I need another solution for my kid, mm-hmm. and I need a lawyer to help me get that other solution. The law provides that students must have access to a free and appropriate public education, and they must be able to make meaningful progress in that program. If a student is not making meaningful progress in the program, if the student is not receiving access to the public curriculum that they're entitled to, that's when we step in. That's when we need to provide advocacy support through a lawyer so that family can, you know, you know, get over that obstacle of. And know. why is a lawyer, from your experience, Christine Lai, 203-333-9422, why is a lawyer so necessary? It depends on the family and the situation, obviously. You know, in some cases, you know, look, I mean, we're coming out of the COVID pandemic, or, or maybe we're not coming out of it, whatever we <laughs> want to talk about. Um, and, you know, what I've noticed, you know, since we've emerged in the last couple of years, you know, from that lockdown is. You know, however poorly the pandemic was for students with typical traditional learning needs, it was much, much worse for students with autism, students with behavioral challenges, students with dyslexia. So all of those students, some of whom had been kind of bumping along, you know, doing, you know, okay, and currently before the pandemic, emerged from the pandemic with their, their you know, dyslexia, but also with new things anxiety, depression. And so those students who entered the pandemic with gaps, because that's why you're in special education, because you can't access the curriculum, have now emerged from the pandemic with even greater gaps than before. And that's, you know, in in many of those cases, you know, attorneys are needed to secure compensatory education for those students so they can make up what happened during the pandemic. In many cases, there are ancillary things that have happened to school districts, which are, you know, shortage of staff, shortage of funding. 
you know, those kids are suffering because they don't have a speech therapist because the speech therapist has quit or resigned or whatever. And they're still entitled to yeah. their speech therapy under the law. So that's those are the kind of things that an attorney's really, really effective. Yeah. In. And they get more respect in the room. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there, there really is that. That's it, a very really real is. thing. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. You know, parents are grappling with so many things, and behavioral issues are another very real issue. And so you, you mix in behavioral, you mix in educational. There, there is this high bar that the law says as an achievable goal, but in real life we very often fall short. Our school systems are completely depleted. They can barely get a substitute teacher, much, much less special ed, right? Absolutely. So it's sort of a mess. It really is. It really is. It really is. So one, what are some of the more effective solutions Speaking to families now with special ed kids who are frustrated with their current situation, what are some of the more effective solutions that lawyers have been able to advocate for for these children? In the most extreme situations, you know, some students need to be outplaced to a independent special education school that provides specifically for the students' needs. Those are the most extreme cases. On the other side, you have families that need, you know, more specific, more, um, you know, more specific, more individualized support within their public schools. I mean, our goal really as parents is for our children to be in the public school. You know, it really is. It's not any parent's goal to be in a private special education school unless it's absolutely necessary. So on the one hand, one of the things that we've been really involved in getting for parents is access to uh, evaluations, educational evaluations. The neuropsychs. The neuropsychs, absolutely. Oh, they cost about five grand. They are expensive. Do you help pay for them for parents? So what we do is, I mean, neuropsychs are a right under the, or what what is a right under the law is an independent educational evaluation. So when the school district evaluates your child as as they are required to do every three years, um, once when they're identified and then every three years after that, you are able to request what's called an independent educational evaluation if you don't agree with the evaluation that the school district did on your child you don't think it reflects your child's needs doesn't sound like him it just it it isn't robust enough it doesn't make recommendations that support what he needs in the school or she and that is a a very very important right that most parents aren't aware of and that we've been very very active in supporting over and when the last you say years. independent so let's just be clear we're chatting yeah. with christine lai who is the founder and executive director of self s-e-l-f and it's called the sped legal org. you can look up the website the sped s-p-e-d special ed sped legal org. and christine's address there is christine at sped legal org. so let's just be very very clear when we're talking about these neuropsychological evaluations the key word is independent because right. the school system may not want to admit this, and, and we assume that people are doing the best job that they can. But there is a built-in conflict of interest in that, and let's just say it out loud, if a school district concludes that a child needs special ed, they have to provide the special ed. That's right. If they conclude that they're borderline or they don't have to provide it, then they don't have to provide it. So somebody working for the school system might be looked at with a little bit of a cynical view by a parent if the conclusion is this kid doesn't need special ed, when the parent may say, excuse me, you didn't take this test. You didn't look at this aptitude. You're not living with what I'm living with. So the independence 
of the examination becomes critical to its credibility. Is That's that absolutely correct? right. That's absolutely right. And you know, and in, in addition to that, the independent educational evaluation is not just a neuropsych. It can be speech and language. It can be occupational therapy. Okay. It can be you know physical therapy. It can be you know assistive technology. It can be anything that the student needs to be you know, to really access that curriculum. So that's, And who pays for that? The school district would pay for that. And that's part oh, of the request process. I see. So when your student has their evaluation through the school and you don't agree because, it, you know, for whatever reason you don't agree with it, you don't think it's enough, you don't think they tested the right things, you know, all those things, you can make a request to your team that you re- that your student receives an independent educational evaluation. And do you get to then choose who the evaluator is as the parent? Ideally, because the word independent is in there, you would be able to select anyone you you would like to do the independent educational evaluation once the school agrees with you that that's necessary. In practice, it is more of a, you know, what I'd call, you know, because I'm feeling, you know, good this morning a collaborative um effort where you know you two the the school and the parent mutually agree on like a mediator kind of like a mediator exactly because they both want to have faith in the results that's right the school doesn't want to get a report from somebody that they think all the time concludes this yes versus that right they're looking for independence right and the parent on the other hand doesn't want to just take the report of a evaluator who solely works for the school district and only does these things. Right. Because it's sort of like when the arbitrators, and I'll say this to you from your older background, from your prior background, when the arbitrators are chosen by the New York Stock Exchange for securities arbitration, they rarely find in favor of the individual stockholder because their next arbitration is paid for by the New York Stock Exchange. That's absolutely right. And so there it is. So there it is. Um, Christine Lai, thank you so much for joining us today. It's the Special Education Legal Fund. If you who are listening want to donate to it, it's holiday season, right? Wonderful. Uh, so please visit t- our website. Please visit the website. The website is spedlegalfund.org. Thank you so much for coming in today, Thank Christine Thank you so Lai. much for having me. This was and wonderful. It really was wonderful. I'm so glad we found out that Beth Sugarman is, we're in the Mutual Devotion Society. She's Mutual Admiration She's Society for Beth Sugarman. <laughs> A shout out to Winston Prep. Absolutely. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com. 